0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers.
1: Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome to the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top fib events. I am André, and this is my co-host, Diogo Valent.
0: Hi, guys. I'm Diogo here. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of our European Hoops podcast. Yeah, let's go. Let's get into it, man. What are you going to talk about today?
1: On today's episode, we bring you our preview of round 14 of the EuroLeague. A quick reminder that we will be bringing you on Mondays our recap of the previous week of the EuroLeague, on Tuesdays our preview of the the current week. On Wednesdays, we will have our EuroLeague Talk episodes that uh, we will go through our rankings. We will go through our recaps of the season of specific teams, specific players, our rankings per position, our power rankings. We will have interviews, a lot of different content talking about uh, the, the EuroLeague. Those episodes will be coming out on Wednesdays. And Thursdays and Fridays we will have our EuroLeague picks and links with uh, the sides that uh, we are taking for each game. And also a look at the markets and see what they are saying regarding the, the EuroLeague. This is now our new schedule with uh, five episodes a week. More content for you guys, so make sure to share our episode with a friend that uh, enjoys the competition and will like to follow our podcast, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at league. We will get to the games that will take place on this uh, round 14, and we start with the game between Red Star and Alba. This is a game between two teams that are in the bottom of the standings. Red Star is currently in 16th place, while Alba is in 18th place. Red Star has 4 wins and 9 losses, while Alba has 2 wins and 11 losses. Red Star has been playing better at home than on the road, uh, while uh, Alba has two wins at uh, at home, but uh, they are a team that we know they can, um, in any given game, be able to step up and have a good enough offensive output to be able to to compete for a game. So I don't expect this to be uh, an easy game for Red Star, even if I see them as being the, the favorites playing at home where they have been a, a strong team and where they have been able to step up and play at a good level and this game against Alba is a must win game for this uh, Serbian team. What are the keys and what will be the keys for this matchup between these uh, two teams? First of all uh, obviously the fact that
0: Red Star is at home yeah. I think that's very very important for them. They they are 0-7 on the road but at home they they've shown the ability to be a, a very good team I think the rebounding battle is going to be key here because Red Star has been pretty dominant on the boards uh, consistently, and Alba I think that's one of their weaknesses even though they have Johan Steeman who, who has been a beast, but uh, I, just, I just don't think they have enough to compete with Red Star on the boards and eventually in, in the game itself, uh, I think Red Star is the more talented team we know Alba has the, those guys that we love to watch, like Steeman and Procida and Spagnolo, the young guys but uh, Red Star is just the more experienced, more barrel-tested team uh, I think they definitely need to start winning games, because otherwise they're they're going to be way too far from the playoff fight. So at least the home games, I trust them to, to show up and to perform. So uh, I think Red Star should be the favorite here, and I think they're going to perform at that level.
1: Home advantage has been the strength of this Red Star team, and that's what gives them the edge on this game against Alba. The second game of this round 14 will put face-to-face Giris and Partizan. Jalgiric is also a team that usually tends to have a strong home court. The start on the first five games that they played at home this season wasn't the best. They started 2-3 at home, and uh, against Partizan they certainly will have a tough opponent. But also a team that has been struggling on the road where they are 1-5. and five. Uh, will this be a game for Žalgiris uh, to be able to to claim back their home court advantage? Is this a good game for them to bounce back on that aspect? Žalgiris is 2-3 and three, uh, at home, an unusual stat for this Lithuanian team. Do you think that this game against Partizan is a game for them to be able to bounce back on that front?
0: I think it's going to be hard. Uh, I mean, uh, I do think Partizan is the more talented team, but... Zalgiris is still a good team and they can compete with better teams, uh, but I just think it's a bad matchup here. Uh, we know Zalgiris likes to go small, and I just think Partizan's front court is too physical. And I think they're going to have too many mismatch opportunities and too many advantages inside. And that's why I think Partizan should comfortably get this win here, even though they are on the road and it is a tough place to play at. But I just think guys like Kaboklo, they, those guys are too physical and they're. It's not like there are plans. Like, they can move. They are literally quick enough, at least. And they can hang. They can go to the three-point line and guard Roland Smiths or uh, Brady Manik is hurt now, but you get it. Like The front court for Partizan is just so much better than the front court for Zagiris. Uh, I think for Zagiris to have a chance, they would need Kinnan Evans and Sumner to both go crazy scoring-wise. But... Even if that happens, I just think Partizan is too good to to lose this game. And then when you have those bigs and you have Kevin Parner playing at the level he is, and then you have still have guys like PJ Dozier, like they just have a complete team now and they are trending up. So they're going to be climbing the standings, like I said before. So I think Partizan is going to get this way. Right.
1: I'm in agreement with you uh, in terms of how I expect the game to unroll. I have a question for you, though. Do you think that... Uh, Jalgiris' backcourt is superior to Partizan backcourt, since that's something that we have spoken that Partizan needs to address or ideally would be able to, to address. Do you think that at this moment that can be an aspect of the game where Jalgiris can impose themselves?
0: Well, I don't think so yet, because I think Edmond Summer needs some time to, to really get acclimated to that team. And then even though Partizan doesn't really have a point guard, they have very good players playing at the backcourt, uh, like Kevin Porter, like P.J. Dozier. And the, the thing is, they can put even more size in, in there due to the fact that they don't have a point guard. So uh, I, I think Partizan will be just fine in that regard. Uh, I believe P.J. Dozier should be the guy guarding Kinnan Evans, uh, or if Avramovic is available, uh, he should be the one, of course. But Partizan just have different guys to put in there uh, in different spots. So uh, I think they will be fine.
1: Next on the docket, we have the game between the 9th place Maccabi against 10th place Efes. Two teams that are tied on the standings with 7 wins and 6 losses. And this is a game that I expect to be highly competitive. Where we have Efes that uh, has been able to buy into a system that really maximizes their potential. Something that we have been expecting to see from them. And we are seeing them playing at that level with very good results but I do expect Maccabi to use this game as an opportunity to bounce back and an opportunity to to get a win after losing on the previous rounds. What do you see as being the advantages of Maccabi, if you agree with me, with your favoritism for this game, but also what can efforts do to contradict that?
0: Well, they would need Shane Lark to to play at the level he's playing and they would need our (laughs) guys to make shots too because the the fact is, uh, outside of Shane, Guys have stepped up and played at a very good level. Uh, Ty Jones and now Arturo coming in as well, and Dom too, uh, spreading the floor, pick and popping. He's been a very good mate, pick and roll mate with Shane Larkin and Darius Thompson. So, uh, like I said on the on the leaning uh, on the leaning talk, the leans talk, um, it's very hard for me to go against Efesh because I'm really a fan of the way they've been playing lately. Uh, but I, I just think with all the injury, it's going to be tough to, to beat Maccabi. Maccabi has been losing some games too, so this is a very important game for them to to win. And I think they're going to take advantage of as not having the full squad. And Wade and Shane, uh, Wade and Lorenzo, I think they're going to take care of business. I think a guy like Ponzi Colson is going to be important here because there's no Will Clyburn on the other side, so he's not going to have... Uh, a, a true scorer to, to have to defend. So I think it's going to be fresher to to help Lorenzo and Wade offensively. And I think that's going to be key here in this matchup. Uh, I think the the rebounding battle in the paint battle is going to be interesting because even though Ty Jones and Oturu have been playing very good basketball, I just think Maccabi has a lot of those guys in there who can make some damage. So I think it's going to be a pretty exciting game, but I just think Maccabi has too much. And then off the bench, uh, I think Di is a perfect guy to come in and to just try to bother Shane Larkin as much as he can. And I think that could be a a very important factor here in this game. So I think it's going to be a good one. I think Shane is going to perform. But in the end, I just think Maccabi has too much.
1: Maccabi, and especially at uh, this moment of the competition, where Efes is dealing with so many injuries, they should have too much and they should be seen as favourites. But let's head into one of my favorite games of this round, the game that will put head-to-head head two of the most surprising teams of the decision of the EuroLeague, Basconia and Virtus. We know how impressive Virtus has been, uh, leading them to the third place so far in the standings, with nine wins and four losses. But I believe it's fair to say that the, fourth, uh, uh, the team that ranks in fourth place right now in the EuroLeague standings, Basconia, with eight wins and five losses, is in an even better momentum at at this moment of the competition. After a slow start, the coaching change really did a lot for them and they are just playing at a a very high level. What does each of these teams have going for them heading into this matchup and what do you expect to see happening on this matchup? This is a
0: a great, great matchup. I mean, both teams uh, play kind of similarly uh, both teams like to to run to to move the ball to shoot at a high level. So I think this is a an identical matchup here as far as how these two teams play. Um, I think Virtus is a bit more experienced and they might be more consistent uh, overall since the start of the season. But the fact is, since Coach Ivanovic uh, has been back uh, has been back to Bosconia, they have been playing defense at a very good level and they've been able to win games because of their defensive consistency, even though, of course, the the offensive side of the ball is their biggest, uh, their strongest uh, factor. Uh, but I think it's going to be a, a high, highly competitive matchup. I think it's going to be high scoring, and it's going to come down to who can get stops at the end of the game. And uh, I think playing at home, I, I'm going to trust Basconia to do that a little bit more. Uh, I think a guy like Cedric Kerskis and a guy like Moneke are both very good matchups for shingelia even though they're not going to stop him. But I just think they're going to do a good job bothering him and making it as hard as possible. So I, I think I'm leaning Basconi here, man.
1: I am actually leaning in the other direction. I just uh, trust more on the consistency, a word that we like so much here, at the European Hoops podcast of Virtus. They have shown me uh, um, being a more consistent team. And despite Basconi being able to be playing at this very high level, despite Bosconi playing at home, I do trust Virtus to be able to impose their game on this particular matchup against Basconia, and I do think that they have some advantages that they will be able to to explore on this matchup against uh, Basconia, and especially they won't allow or will make it hard to allow Basconia energy to impact them as much as Basconia is able to do to some other teams. I really trust. On virtues to be able to, to impose themselves and to be able to, to fight for a win in Victoria.
0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar
1: in their careers.
0: Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.
1: visit In the next game, we will have a game between the, the first seed Real Madrid with 12 wins and one loss, and we have spoken over and over again how strong and how well they are playing against a team that we always say that they are a team that they are stealing is competing with any team on the, the early a very talented team in Bayern Munich that are currently in thirteenth place with six wins and seven losses. But it will be damn hard for them to go to Madrid and come out of there with a win, won't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean any team that plays against Real Madrid it's gonna be damn hard to, to beat them. Um I do think Bayern can give them some troubles, but in the end, Real Madrid just has too much. And I think Bayern's strongest suit so far uh, has been their front court. They've been very good on the rebounding battles with Serge and Devin Booker. Uh, But Real Madrid has Poirier, Walter Tavares. I mean, they they have the ability to match that. And I think that matchup between Walter Tavares and Ibaka is going to be very, very interesting because of Ibaka's ability to spread the floor so we'll see if he is able to take Walter Tavares off the paint so that other guys can can try to drive and get buckets inside uh, but i do think Real Madrid is obviously the better team they they have more options they have better options too and they're just more consistent and they have a leader in there in Campazzo to to get everybody in the right place and to not allow Real Madrid to struggle which is basically his uh, in my opinion that's his role this year is to just make sure that they don't struggle and He's been doing a perfect job at it, of course. And I just think Real Madrid is a lot better, especially with the injuries that Bayern's having, with Obst and Lusic and even Ibaka missed the last game, but I do think he's going to play here. Um, I just think Real Madrid is better. And playing at home especially, they should get this win.
1: But Atinikos had a slow start, then uh, they found themselves, they played at a very high level, but they lost their previous three games as well home tends to play slightly better and this comes down to can Aswell score enough to to be able to be competitive against Paratynaikos this can sound like the perfect game for Paratynaikos to bounce back and to try to find an important road win for them to bounce back and go go back to the victories will it be an easy game for them to do that
0: no I wouldn't say it would be an easy game but uh, I definitely understand the, that line of thinking. Uh, they are clearly the better team, and they need to win this game because, like you said, they lost the last three, so they clearly need to bounce back. They are now 6-7, and seven and that's just not good enough for, for what we expected from them and, and from what I'm sure they expected from themselves. Uh, I definitely expect them to to play better now. Uh, I think their bigs and Lasort and Mitoglu will be very important in a matchup like this because a guy like Joffrey Lavarne is not really known as a, a great defender. So I think uh, the Panathinaikos bigs have a chance here to, to really make some damage in the paint. Uh, but outside of that, uh, we know Kendrick Nunn is going to show up and he's going to be uh, elite at playmaking and scoring. But we need our guys to step up now for Panathinaikos. I mean, Slukas hasn't been great. Uh, I think he, he needs to really start finding his role on this team uh, as the secondary playmaker next to Nunn because I believe he's one of the most important guys here. And then Grigonis has been pretty decent, but Vildoza hasn't been great. So there are a lot of guys there who who I think should still... who I think should be uh, more prepared to produce at a high level at at this point of the season. And it it looks like they still haven't really found their role within their offense and within that team. So I definitely think it's time for them to start figuring it it out. Uh, Things got a little better when Mitoglu came back, but now losing three straights, I mean... You can't afford to have that when you have the talent that you do. So they got to bounce back. They have no choice.
1: You look at the last five games by Fenerbahce, you see four losses and one win. But uh, that one win, it's against none other than Real Madrid. Which Fenerbahce do you expect to see on this game? A Fenerbahce that looks like a contender and can beat and compete against the strongest team of the League, or a Fenerbahce that will struggle against Monaco that is a very high-level team?
0: Honestly, I, I don't know what to expect from Ferrovac in any given game. Like, it, it, it's so hard. They, they are so inconsistent and so unpredictable. Um, I do think playing at home, they have a great chance to, to win this game against a very good team in, in Monaco. But at the same time, I, I don't know how they stop Mike James or contain Mike James because Yamadar is really the only guard there who, who is known to be a, a good defender. Uh, I, I just don't think Nicolaitis can handle uh, Mike Jens anymore. And Tyler Dorsey or Wilbekin are, are not really defenders. So I think it's going to be something to look at, the those guard matchups, how how they're going to do that. Uh, but I think with Jonathan Motley and Nigel Hayes-Davis and Deshaun Pierre now who is back, I think they have a chance to take advantage of some mismatches on the wings. Obviously, we know how they did it last, last season with Deshaun Pierre and Nigel Hayes-Davis playing in the post a lot against smaller wings. And this is the case here with Monaco because a lot of times they play three-guard lineups or they play Tarpe, who is not a a big, strong wing. So Fenerbahce has a chance to explore that here. So I think it's going to be a close game, of course. These are two very good teams. Uh, Monaco has been better, but this is a type of matchup where I could see Fenerbahce stepping up and and getting this win. But it's not going to be easy, of course. They they really have to focus on doing a, a great job on Mike James. Otherwise, he's just going to be able to break down their defense like Saransky and Laprovitula did in the last week. So I think it's going to be close. I think Mike will be Mike. But because of the ability to explore some mismatches that Farabac is going to have, I think I'm leaning Farabac. But it's obviously going to be a very close game and super competitive.
1: Two defense-first teams. was uh, allowing 75.8 points per game while Valencia allows 75.5 points per game we can expect a defense first game I'm sure of that but which team do you have do you think has the advantage and why?
0: I think Olympiakos has the advantage uh, because even though both teams are great defensively I think Olympiakos is the bigger team and they have the ability to be even better defensively than Valencia and also they have more guys who can step up offensively even though we know they can struggle Uh, but I think they have guys who can at least do their job offensively, like Thomas Walcup, like Milutinov, who, who gets a ton of boards and gets second chess points, and then Isaiah Kanan shooting the ball. I just think Olympiakos has more solutions to produce offensively than Valencia does, and I think they are a more consistent defensive team, and especially playing at home, I just don't see Olympiakos losing this game, uh, but I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and whoever is the most consistent defensive team is going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a grind-it-out type of game, and I expect Tommy to, to succeed in that.
1: Barcelona ranks in second place with 10 wins and 3 losses. Milano ranks in 15 with 4 wins and 9 losses. Is there a chance that Milano can find a way to impose themselves on this extremely hard road win? And if they do that, how will they go about it?
0: They would just need Maldolo and Chavon Shields to, to go off. and <laughs> like Each of them scored 30 or 25. Uh, but I, I don't see that happening. I think Barcelona He's too consistent as a team, like on both sides of the floor. And I think Barcelona is going to be able to win this game. Uh, with ease, uh, I just think they're going to take advantage of Milano's bad momentum. And I think they're going to explore all of their weaknesses, especially in the backcourt. They they just don't have enough to to keep up with Barcelona. I mean, they they have the best big on the floor. They're going to have both the best guards on the floor. It's just going to be hard for, for Milano to do it. And especially because Barcelona has good wing defenders like Kalinic, who, who, who can match up with Joan Shields and, and do a good job. Obviously, he's not going to stop him, but he can definitely hold him to to a lesser production. So I just think Barcelona is too good on, and too consistent on both sides of the floor, and I think they're going to win this game.
1: Barcelona does have the, the advantage and the favoritism heading into this game. There is no doubt about that. We will be tuning into all of these EuroLeague matchups, and uh, we will be recapping them on the next Monday for you guys. Then tomorrow we bring you our first episode of the EuroLeague Talk. Tomorrow we're doing a recap of the, the competition. Make sure to tune in for that. And reminder that we will have new episodes coming on Thursday and Friday on these normal weeks with our leans and peaks for each of the game that will be taking place on those days of the, the EuroLeague Make sure to also tune in for those special episodes. Subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at t League, and share the podcast with a friend that likes the competition and follows the competition. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon.
0: Bye, guys. See you on next episode. Only 4% of universities in the US are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty.